up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. And five, six, seven, eight. In New York! What's up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, again for another episode of Call Her Daddy. Can you feel the vibra- vibration? Okay. Hi, I'm podcasting. Um, we're back. Daddy gang, this past week on Wednesday, the main Caller Daddy episode was with Eileen Kelly. She has a podcast called Going Mental. And all of you enjoyed the episode, so I figured this fucking episode was two and a half hours long and I had so many stories that I couldn't include because I didn't want you to hate me and be sitting in your chair for two and a half hours. So I'm breaking it up, all right? We're back at it again with Eileen Kelly today. And I don't know, I may like this even more than the original main pod, so fucking enjoy masturbating. We're getting right into it. We're getting right back into it on masturbation. I was so happy to hear that it really helped some of you. Um, some of you sent me pictures masturbating in the moment. (laughs) I just, I was so happy. Like many of you squirting, many of you orgasming in my DMS. And I was like, that's that energy that I need here on call her fucking daddy. But in all seriousness, really happy that this helped you guys. And you're enjoying it and you're hopefully going to start masturbating more or begin to think about it. You are not alone. You have no idea how many people were nervous to begin touching themselves. And now all of a sudden, I've created a monster out of all of you. You can't be stopped. Here's a little bit more Daddy Gang on masturbating. XOXO, Big Al. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. So many women wrote in being like, I'm embarrassed. I don't feel comfortable within myself to masturbate. Like I feel awkward. I came from a, a culture of shame. Yeah, I, t- I was taught yep. that I was wrong. But even like if you go all the way back to your potty training days, which a lot of people can't remember. Yeah. 
if your parents taught you that like natural bodily functions were like bad or like you know don't wet the bed and it has this negative overtone that can actually really affect your sex life later on and just how you view or like why are boys and girls like boys are always given names of like literally like their penis and stuff whereas women are like no child knows the word vulva I yeah. honestly didn't even know vulva until like five years ago uh, or your clitoris like or I didn't like clitoris know or yeah. vagina like it's always like some weird like baby name yeah. for it and so like those are like serious differences that then affect how you feel about your body it's so true and it's interesting because I did have also an overwhelming amount of people being like I can have sex with my boyfriend, but something about being alone, I don't even know what to do. So I feel like maybe this isn't the conversation you expected to have, but like going back to how often do you masturbate? What's your setup? Like, let's just talk masturbation and your, maybe your relationship to it when it started, how it's evolved. Yeah, I think I started probably in middle school. I think I was on a trip, a family like vacation in a warm place. Maybe it was the first time or around the first time that I watched porn. Okay. And that's when I started masturbating. Wait, in middle school? Probably middle school. Was it? Probably like sixth grade or something. Was it like scary to see that porn at that age or were you just like No, I think it was like it was like super kind of safe pg porn i actually think i used to watch it on playboy's website so it was like maybe just girls topless like it wasn't even people fucking got it that makes Um, sense and so it wasn't overwhelming at all but i remember feeling like really kind of dirty and gross after i would do it but I understand because I've been there before. I think with the whole Catholic thing growing up, not it being normalized, whenever you're touching yourself, like stop that, like don't touch yourself. It's a natural thing. And I think the issue also for girls, it's like all of a sudden it becomes like so normal for like guys to go jerk off or like do whatever, like they need to do that. But like, it's so unnormal for women for some reason. Women will lie about it. Like, especially in high school, all the girls were like, I've never done that. But it's like, you definitely have. But I don't blame them for lying about it. It's because it's like an quote unquote embarrassing thing. Which it's like, wait, why? And that's, I think, why Call Her Daddy when it started, I was like, grab your fingers and do it for a guy doesn't need to do it for you. A girl doesn't need to do it. Nobody needs to do it for you. You can do it yourself. But you need to do it yourself to know what you like. 1000%. Like if you cannot, and for people listening, like if you can't make yourself orgasm, how do you expect to teach a partner how to make? you orgasm or like to even relax with a partner you probably feel comfortable with a partner because again that's kind of how like society has deemed it like the man comes in yeah. yeah like and that's sex but to go back to basics when I first started masturbating like I didn't have a toy and I just again you don't really learn about like your clit versus like your vulva versus like inside like what am I doing I feel like for me and I openly talk about how like my first toy was like my electric toothbrush and like I used the back of the head and I just started trying it and I think I started really masturbating in like college like high school it was just my fingers if I was trying anything and then college I was like all right let's get into this I would suggest for anyone listening if you're feeling let's go to like the embarrassment like okay let's take a girl standing in front of us right now being like I'm embarrassed I don't know how to be alone with myself and I don't know how to masturbate like let's almost try to like 
step-by-step walk them through of like let's get her comfortable with it well I think the most important thing it doesn't even have to be sexual I think you need to like take a mirror literally like a handheld mirror and just like look at your vagina like I feel like so many women have never just sat down and looked at like their vulva dude I remember having sex with Emily on and her being like could you pick your vagina out of a lineup yeah, could exactly. you do it no exactly if you can't you don't know your vagina well enough that's your best fucking friend so and listen it's with you for life that it's with you for life so good I also think if it's uncomfortable for you then start there and like every day of the week force yourself to like look at your vagina and force yourself to get to a point where you're like you're no longer cringing and you're like okay and all of a sudden now you want to touch it and be like okay what's going on there it broke my heart reading some of these dms i was like no i get the same similar ones and it's like i think the shower is like a good place to to start exploring like where you know no one's gonna barge in on you so like do it when you're home alone or you can lock the door as important like you have to set the scene the same way you would set the scene like sometimes with a partner start with your fingers if you don't have lube I would suggest buy lube. That's like the one thing almost before a sex toy. Like get some lube for yourself. Take your pointer, your middle finger, and literally just start rubbing around lightly. And just, it's going to feel good. So like even just like closing your eyes and like imagining, you know, like a, even the person you have a crush on. The like crush, like that someone is, hot in a movie that yeah, you're into. Exactly. Literally picture that and go there. Because it's like, I get it's hard for women to be like, I don't want to watch porn. I'm like, okay, I, I, I get that. Yeah, a lot of porn is like so aggressive and so degrading. And like to find a good porn video, you have to go through like hundreds of like ones that you're like, so many. oh my God. A tip for all of you. I have like in my like private web pages on my phone, I'll keep like my favorite ones that like worked for me. Oh, I have a notes app. But I will say a lot of the porn that I have liked to watch, I don't like the super studio production. I like the more amateur stuff. Same. And... Pornhub and like X videos just went through like major renovation got in trouble so they had to take down a lot of videos like honestly like 80% of their videos okay so I hope you guys enjoyed that little extra masturbating moment I also want to add you don't need to act like you know what you're doing and when everyone is starting out figuring out their body figuring out figuring out all the way back to the basics of like how the fuck do i even make out how much tongue how much not tongue like what do i do do i go for the upper lip lower like there's so much detail into exploring sex in general and i want to just make it clear that there is no magical guys it's i'm sorry i just can't stop thinking about christmas i was about to say there's no magical elf that just pops up to show you where your fucking clit is wouldn't that be the best christmas gift of the year he's like here's the red zone baby but the point is is that there is no manual even if i sit here and i explain to you what works for me it's probably not exactly to a t also going to work for you and also like eileen said like destigmatizing the shame that we have been trained to feel around touching ourselves it should be more of a celebration and excitement and that little extra dessert for the night rather than a oh god what are my elders gonna say and oh god grandma's looking down on me being like shame on you becky we want grandma to be more like get in there becky the point is you are not alone figure out what works for you don't be too hard on yourself just touch yourself. So like I said in the beginning, Eileen had so many stories that we couldn't get to all of them in the pod, but I wanted to share this one because it embodies 
everything I've started to talk about with regard to the negative side of social media. People are forgetting that there is a human being behind every profile. Yeah, I had a cyber stalker. I know. What? I know. Uh, I'll just quickly say. Eileen! Like six years ago. And they would make like a million, honestly, like maybe like 70 or 80 fake accounts over like a five month span. And then they started sending me my address. They found my home address and they were like, you're going to get murdered. And so like quickly just like climb the ladder to being actually terrifying. So I had to go to the police and it was like a whole thing. And this is kind of before I feel like there were laws in place. This was probably like 2015. And... It took like six months for Facebook to give up the IP because Facebook owns Instagram right. to like give up the person's IP address to like even be able to like figure out who it was. And it was some random girl who lived in the middle of the country, didn't even live by me. And she had been trolling me for months. And she ended up calling. I don't know how she got my number. She ended up calling me like years later and apologizing to me. What I never the- pressed charges or anything. I just wanted them to stop. What the fuck did she say? She was just like, because I had written like, I think I wrote a big article for Playboy on the experience. And she was like, I read your article. And I just want to say like, I'm really, really sorry for putting you through that and I was obviously like it doesn't excuse it but I was like going through something like this person was clearly having actually like a psychotic break like the amount of energy to make a new Instagram account you have to make a new email she made like over like a hundred accounts honestly probably more because I would block them and then a new one would pop up like 20 minutes later and they made a whole fake account where they would post like lies about me, but they followed everyone I followed. No. So people would look at it, you know, it like got attention because then people would be like, oh, what's this account following me? And it would post like insane, insane stuff. And so I knew this person didn't know me. And I remember like the detectives and the police people being like, you know, this person, like they made me bring in my high school yearbooks to the police station and I was like I'm telling you if this person knew me they would have actual dirt that was real like they would know someone I fucked or like someone I dated or someone I had a falling out with like everything they're posting none of this is real and that's what was kind of scary because people then read that and they believe it that's the and that's what was really fucked up and it became this like really weird domino effect for like months of me seeing people that I knew from high school who like weren't nice to me or I didn't have a relationship with commenting being like holy shit like I didn't know she's like this or la 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 and you're like this is all lies and I'm like this is literally lies which is the fucked up part of social media is like even when you know yeah even when it comes out that it's a lie once you've seen it it still doesn't leave your head like people are gonna still I'm so sorry that's literally my nightmare like it did get like all deleted and ever since honestly I wrote that article I felt like I was able to clear the air like it hasn't followed me since it's been years but at the time I was like I thought I was dying I was like holy (sighs) shit my life my reputation like everything everything is like getting fucked up the ass and it's a girl in the middle of the fucking country just like living at her parents house if anyone is listening to this that is currently writing hate comments like I we see you we don't really see you but we read you we read your comments and like just be nicer like what like 
think to yourself, why am I writing this? Like, what do you get from this? Like the, the hate that they're spewing, it's so internal within you that like, think about, think about if you had to walk around every day with all the comments that you're posting about someone next to you. Like, what does that make you look and like? Just like the heaviness. Of right. It. But also I think realizing that like, okay, you and I are real people. Like the people that you're commenting this on, like, yeah, it shows up on a screen, but, like, we're humans. We have emotions. That stuff, like, hurts our feelings. Yeah. And I feel like people do it because they're envious or they're jealous or they're not feeling great about their life. So that's why I try to be more vulnerable and, like, real on Instagram these days ever yeah. since I got out. Because I'm like, yeah, my life isn't all sunshine and no, rainbows. No, it's not perfect at all. So, like, don't be a dick. You don't have to add to it. Personally... I love a good thirst trap. I now I'm realizing I haven't thrown one up in a minute. <laughs> I need to get on my game. Um, what is your response to people who criticize you for like over sexualizing your Instagram? Like, well, do you get haters? Not really anymore, but I also don't think I put up as many thirst trap stuff as I've gotten older as I did when I was young. Same. Um, which is like a weird thing that I probably need to psychoanalyze, but a lot of the stuff, yeah. and I would love to talk to you wait, about Wait, let's this. do it. Let's psychoanalyze it. I'm also wondering too, cause I literally was just like, wait, why haven't I posted something like that in a while? But also why do people connect like posting up a thirst trap? You know, ultimately they're connecting it with your sex life. Right. So like, oh, if she posts a naked photo she's easy she's slutty but it's like I could literally be posting a naked photo and be a virgin literally like, there's no connection there right doesn't all of a sudden like mean you have a snapshot of my sex life so true and also I look back and I'm like trying to think of moments where I've posted a thirst trap and I'm like okay maybe younger college Alex was doing it because I was like I want to get that guy's attention. And yeah, like, it was like validation a perfect, online. yeah. Like I don't need to text him tonight what his plans are. I'm going to post this fucking photo and then I know he's going to slide in in 10 minutes. Also, I don't regret that at all. As I've gotten older, like I feel good. And so I'll just be like, I want to post it. I don't know. I think girls, like if you're, if you want to like post the fucking photo, like I feel like a lot of times people get insecure about what will my friend say? Yeah, what will my family think? What will my family think? I don't know. It's like a double-edged sword, though. I'm like, well, my family doesn't check that shit, so I've always had that freedom oh. of, like, posting whatever the fuck I want, where I do feel like I have friends who, like, they're not in the same boat with right. that. Like, I do think their mom or their dad would flip out if they posted something. So right. I think you just have to do what works for, for you, you and yep. your life is what's most important. But also, I would get a lot of slack years ago of not being taken as seriously if I was posting those types of photos. Oh, interesting. And I wonder if now that, you know, you're reaching new heights in your career, if you ever feel that way. Why are they connected? Like, I right. think a woman can be sexy and, like, own her attractiveness and her right. body. From such a young age, women are taught to use your appearance. Right. So it's like, okay, if we reach a certain age and we want to use it to our advantage, like, Why yeah, not? fuck the system. Right. I ebb and flow with it. Like, I feel like maybe before the deal, I was like, okay, I know engagement comes 
higher if I post a, a sexy photo. Yeah. It's, it's fucked true. up, but it's just true. It's true. Like we just have to own that. Right? Yes. Like I know that's going to get the most likes. I know then all of a sudden people are going to have come to my page from comments and tags. And so to me, before the deal, there was a lot of pressure on myself as a businesswoman to be like, how do I continue to maintain an engagement level that will help by the end show like my numbers were the biggest this year? Yes. And that is exactly what happened. Was it because of thirst traps? No, but I was definitely making it decisions business-wise and not because I was like, oh, I look cute. Like this past year was because I was like, let me get more engagement. Now I feel, and it's fucked up, but like, I don't feel like I need to ever post one again. And the only time I want to post it is if I'm like, okay, fuck the world needs to see this one. This is a good fucking one. But it's, it is fucked up because it's like, then I try to always speak to everyone listening if you're not in the social media space and you just have a normal Instagram and you're listening to this and you're like but I want to post it but I'm embarrassed I think you got to just fucking post it like I don't know I just feel like girls are so catty when it comes to talking shit about other girls posts and scrutinizing them and I think really it just has to do with more of the girls that are talking shit you're jealous or you wish you could also do the same or you're insecure so I don't know I've had girls literally DM me being like I feel like my friends talk shit when I like post a selfie you know those girls that like don't do it often so it would be so embarrassing if they ever did or do you know those friends who are like your friends but they like don't actually like any of your photos yes you know where you're like wait you're supposed to be my best friend or like they don't post you they'll post other friends yep and you're like and you're like um what is that about yeah if there's just such a culture that has been created about social media etiquette that I think is so different than what would be created in like a high school schoolyard and I just feel for everyone that's growing up with now the internet being almost the sole yeah so I try to actually be off of TikTok I haven't gone on TikTok dude this is this is an episode coming out ours will come out after it but I was talking about how I have not gone on TikTok since there was a picture of me I did I'm doing a whole episode about it I got caught photoshopping a photo and it was a really low moment for me. And like, I know what I did and I don't need people to tell me that I'm an awful person because I was insecure about my body in Photoshop. I don't think you're an awful person, obviously. (laughs) I don't think. Thanks, (laughs) Eileen. No, but if you put any one of those people who are commenting that stuff and they were on a stage where millions of people are looking at their photo, like I'm sure they would do the same thing. And it's like these unrealistic beauty standards that just women have. And especially in L.A. and in Hollywood, I had Madison Beer on my podcast and we talked about that, talked about editing photos and like she was really real about it dude people are ruthless to her and people are so nasty to her it's and she's always on like celeb face or that people are always like she's too pretty it can't be real and it's like uh yeah and so she's like okay when I'm not wearing makeup and then people are like oh you look disgusting but then when I do try to like feel good good about myself and get done up then it's like you're too pretty and she's like I can never win and she's like no one really cares about my the actual things that I'm doing of like my music like it's always reverted back to like she's this Instagram hot girl it's really sad and I just like why are women reduced to that right like her songs are great go listen to her fucking song yeah that's why I think in the beginning too that was a power 
move that I kept trying to enforce in the very beginning of Caller Daddy when people would be like, oh, they're like just a slut talking about whatever. And I'd be like, it's a podcast. You don't see my face when I'm talking about what I'm talking about. So like, don't reduce me to my looks because you don't even see me while I'm talking about sucking dick. So fuck you. Do you feel like that has shifted since the deal? Yes, but I people take you more quote unquote seriously now, or do you still feel that pull? And I only say that because I definitely, that was a big identity thing for me. Like, okay, I'm posting these naked photos and yeah, that's part of my identity. Like I'm a young in my twenties, like sexual person. I love like going out with my friends and going dancing and getting fucked up and I'm hot and I own it. Yeah. And then there's this part of me that's like, okay, I want to go and talk at an Ivy League school and like meet with doctors and have like big board certified psychiatrists on my podcast and be able to have an intellectual conversation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Daddy Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. All right, all right, all right. Listen up. Agents can be fucking assholes. And you're like, Alex, I don't have a fucking agent. Well, do you have a boss? Do you have some asshole at work that's trying to steal your idea? Or tell you how to operate in the world simply because he's one year older than you and he has a penis or even if it's a woman it could be a woman that's putting you down because she's insecure or she's jealous whatever it is there's always a dynamic within the work environment where someone could be above you or even appear and they're trying to hinder you from reaching your full potential enjoy the segment because Eileen and I go in so I got dumped by my agent just agents dude like two months ago no maybe a month a wait month i love how you ago. say dumped i thought I you were dumped. dumped by my boyfriend i was like dumped no by your i got dumped by my agent wait no, walk I always me through that my boyfriend so. yeah you're like no no i've never gotten dumped but i did get dumped by my agents no, go I fuck dumped by my agents i think and i do think it's very nuanced and like we could we could go there tell me but Basically, obviously, so I used to have a podcast a couple years ago. I did just honestly 10 episodes before I went away to treatment and it was on sex, but like very specific sexual identities. So like I had someone who was asexual on, I had a professional dominatrix and these are relatively like nobodies, but they were big in their community. So people who did public speaking on like one woman had genital herpes and she came on and talked about what's it like to date with genital herpes and they were really informative episodes and they were great then I went away and then I came back and I was like you know what I'm not going to pick up my career where I left off I want to go into this mental health space basically I called my agent and they just weren't really aligned with me switching from sex to mental health because obviously sex sells and so they dumped me but 
They dumped me so callously. Actually, one of them. So I had several agents. Okay. As I'm sure you're familiar right. with. Like you have a book agent. You have a agent for non-scripted television. I had a yes. podcast agent. Like paid an agent for endorsements. So my non-scripted agent called me and, and was like, we just don't really we're not super aligned with like where you're moving. So we need to, and I cry. I'm honestly really embarrassed. Cause I was, it was so shocking that I freaked out and started crying and was a little bit like, no, give me a second chance. And I think the next morning when I woke up, I was like, fuck you. And honestly, he called me a week later to apologize at how na- like rude he was. And I was like, honestly, you're going to kick yourself in a year. Like put money on that. That person was never meant to be your agent then. If they didn't see the transition from sex to mental health, which also are fully so, intertwined. So intertwined. But, right. So related. Right. It's also sad that it's a man saying that. And it's like, you know what? Maybe that's a, it's something within you that's making you so uncomfortable. Well, I have a little goodie that I'll just share on this. So a friend of mine, a girl I know, used to hook up with that agent. Oh! Oh, listen to this. And she, they had been hooking up for a while. And she went to him and she said, I think I'm ready to sign. She does like a lot of media work. Okay. And she doesn't do a podcast, but she does like this Instagram show. And she's, I think she'll be super successful. Like I could see her having a talk show. She's just like work climbing the ladder. And she went to him and she was like, I think I'm ready to sign. And he said, no one's going to take a meeting with you. Like very small dick energy. But I told her and I ran into her at like a party a month ago after this had happened. And I was like, you know what? That's his loss. And like being told no, even in that moment and getting dumped or rejected by my agent. Obviously it sucked. Like I literally cried all night. But then I was like, you know what? If these people don't believe in me, like fuck them. I'm going to find someone who does and I'm going to prove them wrong. You need to like in business, I feel like also like take those moments as like, thank fucking God they showed their true colors because now you would it would be like so awful if all of a sudden you have this like crazy thing that comes along and they get to be a part of it it's and like they get to no. take 10 percent nope. or 15 percent. go fuck yourself no literally but what sucked also is for years like he had taken me to dinner and like would do that whole hollywood agent spiel uh, you uh, know it well oh I'm yeah sure. i avoid them all i'm like i can't go to dinner i'm sick <laughs> and then Karen. this happens and it was so like okay we've been trying for a couple of years and like we're not making as much money as we want to like if you're not a tiktoker who walks in with a hundred million followers that like we can make easy quick money on like we don't want you dude let me just tell you and we can, <laughs> i won't go that hard but agents i love mine but have a very dark existence because they're essentially not it I could go off but like I could go off yeah I just hit my microphone I'm like fuck you no don't that's frustrating and I'm really sorry but again next next thing that you get where you're like oh look at me thriving send him flowers because that was something that I've been waiting to do for my ex's agent who like tried to ruin my career and I was like the day I can someone write that down in the room send we need to send him flowers (laughs) write that down he it's it's an agent at CAA that was my boyfriend's agent and when I think I'm actually gonna switch to CAA who were you with I was with WME oh okay no we don't I don't know anyone at WME but that's not mine so we can say fuck you no (laughs) love you guys but fuck that one honestly I had a good experience with a couple of my agents like they were great right and then I had a really horrible experience with a couple of them so 
I didn't know like is it kosher is it not kosher to switch agents within the agency yes. and it's like it's super political it and, like this weird thing and I think if you grow up in a family who's not like I'm not a nepotism child like my family literally my dad owns a shipyard like could not be less related to Hollywood yeah so it's like I don't have anyone to go to advice about these situations or like having an entertainment lawyer who's like looking over like four or five years ago when I four years ago when I signed with WME like it was like dipping my toe in like a pond that I had no idea. Dude, I remember when CAA, that was my first agency. Okay. We never did anything Who with them. Who are you with now? UTA. UTI, I always like to say. <laughs> if they're pissing me off, I'm like, UTI, you need to back up. No, but CAA was my first agency and nothing against them. It just, there was nothing happening. But, um, and we can talk off well, camera about this. it's hard to get lost in the sauce. It is. And I was like, it, it was there's just a lot of politics behind it. And so I relate to you, especially being young where you're the talent and all these men are trying to like tell, tell you what, what to do, with, do your with your career. career. And I'm like, wait, so you want it's me. Like you can't even get a bitch to suck your dick. Literally, <laughs> literally. So fuck off. Daddy King. I'm laying on my bed. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the mini episode. I loved it. I love Eileen. I love you. Can you tell we're coming up to the fucking holiday season? Daddy gang, you know the motherfucking drill. I will see you fuckers next Wednesday. That's what I'm talking about. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want zero dollar delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.